0: The following podcast contains material that some people may find triggering or upsetting. If you suffer from a mental health condition, or think that you may do, consult your doctor. I am not a professional. I can't pinpoint the exact moment I became unhappy. I guess it's the sort of thing that creeps up on you. The kind of thing that simultaneously feels like it's come out of nowhere, but also been growing within you for months. What I do know is I was a teenager at the time, attending school, playing games, chatting on MSN Messenger. Back then I spent a lot of time online. I guess in that regard, not much has changed. My life wasn't bad by any means. I had a great family, I had my health, I was doing well enough at school, and I liked to think that I was well-liked by my peers. But somewhere along the way, I became convinced that life wasn't worth living. And that was difficult. At the time, I felt alone in having those thoughts, but I know now that I was far from alone. It's something a lot of people go through. And the way I dealt with it back then was with two strategies. One, I had a couple of select people I confided in. And two, I'd made myself a deal. I started a countdown. Maybe this was just teenage angst, I thought. Maybe things will be better in the future. I hadn't yet turned eighteen or even sixteen. I hadn't finished my education, moved out, got a job. All of that was still ahead of me. It wouldn't be fair to judge life itself on the small experience I had by that point. So I told myself I should at least get to, say, twenty four. And then, if I end up miserable, at least I'll know I've given it a fair trial. But I made a mistake. It varied depending on the year because some years were better than others, but for the most part, I spent a decade waiting for my life to get better. That's not how it works. If you want to make your life worth living, you need to make it better yourself. This is Burdens, Episode 2. Over those ten years I had highs and lows, and sometimes I didn't feel anything at all. Some of those years I spent at university, and in some ways, those were the best times of my life in terms of how consistent my mood was, but there was always this underlying current. I wasn't really addressing my issues, I was just keeping myself busy and ignoring them. Last week we spoke about some really simple, essential behaviours you can add to your routine. But there are more. Activities you can add to your life to make it more fulfilling. Last week I gave you two. This week I've got five. So we're stepping out. Firstly, connecting with other people is something a lot of people struggle with during depression. But there's one really low-impact way to improve your mood and it's simple. Smile at strangers. it sounds stupid, But being positive to random people like this helps you feel connected to your neighbours and society around you. Next, you've probably heard this one before, but being physically active can help too. It's true because a scientist said it, I think. But I really hate exercise, so your mileage may vary. I guess I'm saying hit the gym, take up a sport, or go for regular walks. The choice is yours. Giving is another way we can make ourselves feel good and you don't have to be rich to do it. You can share your time, your knowledge and expertise, or even just your food at lunchtime. I find helping other people really rewarding, so you might too. The next trick is to keep learning. Picking up new skills helps remind us that our current situation is not set in stone and that we are capable of growth. It also ties into the sense of accomplishment that I mentioned last week. Maybe there are traits that you admire in other people, or talents you always wished you had, that you can practice and work on. It's important to remember that your current skill set is not fixed at all. It's never too late to be who you might have been. The last thing I'm going to recommend is that you need to make time to take notice. What I mean by that is to pay attention to the world around you. When you're suffering from a low mood, you tend not to notice things. The things that might cheer you up the people who might be offering you friendship, the sheer possibilities of any given moment in present time. When you're depressed, you miss amazing things. You don't notice how much you like the smell of the sea, you ignore the smile of an attractive woman, you're not moved by the singing of birds, or the beauty of falling cherry blossoms, and many more things besides. Noticing the good things in life is one of the hardest behaviours to just pick up and do, but there is a way to do it, and I want to share it with you. It's basically like a game, and it's called Three Good Things. The aim of the game is to notice or find three good things every single day. I actually have a little notebook where I have recently started keeping track of mine. Most days, I only manage to find one or two. Those things I mentioned a minute ago are all from my personal list this past week. And what you'll probably find is that if you're depressed, this game is really difficult. But keep trying because I'm going to let you in on the secret of the game. It's actually not about whether you win or lose. It doesn't actually matter whether you manage to find three every day. The real point of the game is that it changes your behavior. You go from being someone who ignores positive things to someone who is actively looking for them, hunting them, seeking out good experiences. A practitioner from a mental health group called Steps to Wellbeing told me this is one of the most effective things someone with depression can do, so it's definitely worth a try. Here, I'll even give you your first one today as a freebie. You're currently listening to a really good podcast. Changing your behaviours is a core, essential part of cognitive behavioural therapy, but there's another part to it, which is about challenging how we think. When we talk about our thoughts and negative thinking, what we're usually talking about is our self-esteem our ability to value ourselves, and too often that can be compromised by the way we think and how we mentally react to situations we find ourselves in. There's a lot to cover and next week I'm going to go through some negative thinking patterns, how we can identify them, how we can fight them. But to round off this week I wanted to lay the groundwork with the basic thought exercise you can try. I want to talk about core values. If we're going to think of ourselves in a positive way it can be useful to figure out what values we hold dearest, what we really wish we could be like, the qualities we want to embody. And the weird thing about this question is that some of us do this completely naturally without thinking, but a lot of us, myself included, might find this one-off activity useful to help you figure out exactly what we want to be like as a person. That's right, I'm going full life coach on you right now. Most people, apparently, have like five core values. Values give us a sense of purpose, but they also provide a good framework for evaluating ourselves. For example, let's say one of your core values is passion. You appreciate passion in others, and you recognise that you want to be passionate. Well, when you're forming opinions about yourself, you now have concrete questions you can ask. Am I following my passion? Am I passionate about what I do? The answer doesn't always need to be yes, but you've given yourself the criteria by which to make decisions that will improve your self-esteem and happiness. To start with, get a pen and paper, or if you're from this century, find somewhere you can type on your computer, like a word doc or something. Write down every possible value you can think of that resonates with you. They'll tend to be nouns, which you can use to describe aspects of your being, but don't get too bogged down in semantics. If you think of something, just write it down. It could be dedication, or kindness, professionalism, loyalty, boldness, cooperation, risk-taking, punctuality, intelligence, anything at all. When you've got your list, which is probably quite long, try and see if you can group any of them together because they're similar. So for example, if you wrote down love, empathy, affection, compassion, and relationships, That might make a good natural grouping because those things are all in the same sort of area. Your aim is to make five groups in total. If you end up making more than five groups, discard the ones which feel less important to you. Finally, try to think of a good label for each of your groups. It will most likely be one of the words in the group itself, like the one that stands out the most, but not necessarily. The five labels you end up with are your core values. Congratulations. Most people like to put them into a ranked order of priority, too, so feel free to do that. But you're already well on your way to figuring out who you want to be. If you're interested, mine are intimacy, fun, creativity, honesty, and excellence. I like to think that everything I try to do with my life is in service of one of those values. But sometimes I don't always see it that way. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me, sometimes I argue with myself, we need to have a serious talk about thoughts. Next time, on Burdens. Before I go, I just wanted to say that this has been a pretty strange process for me, releasing the podcast. Um, A lot of people have sent me messages, and I've had some difficult phone calls, and I wasn't entirely sure whether I'd done the right thing by being this candid and provocative. Uh, I didn't want to hurt anybody. If the podcast makes you feel sad, please don't feel like you have to listen to it just because I'm your friend or you relate it to me. You are excused. You don't have to if you don't want to. And if you're one of the many, many people who voiced their support and sent me encouraging words, thank you. You'll always be welcome. I've um, created a Twitter account, at Burdens Podcast, and an email address, burdenspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, please send me a tweet or an email, and I don't know, I might even read some out if I get any good ones. You can also follow that Twitter account for reminders when new episodes come out. Alright, I'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend.